This is the primal scream of a dying regime. Pray for our enemies, because we're going medieval on these people. You're just not got a free shot on all these networks lying about the people. The people have had a belly full of it. I know you don't like hearing that. I know you try to do everything in the world to stop that, but you're not going to stop it. It's going to happen. And where do people like that go to share the big lie? MAGA media. I wish in my soul, I wish that any of these people had a conscience. Ask yourself, what is my task and what is my purpose? If that answer is to save my country, this country will be saved. War Room. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. And the guy who got a pardon from Trump, who ran his 2016 campaign, and they've been on and off too, but Steve Bannon also, in a sign that this seems to be somewhat orchestrated, went publicly after Murdoch to back Trump. Okay, Murdoch, here's the way it's going to be, brother. You've disrespected Donald J. Trump long enough. He hasn't been on Fox News since he announced for presidency. Remember... Murdoch, you've deemed Trump's not going to be president. Well, we've deemed that you're not going to have a network because we're going to fight you every step of the way. The Murdochs immediately have to start covering President Trump. Pretty striking to see this all spill out there. I mean, you could have skipped some of CPAC, but those moments right there we wanted to show you because it's all out in the open. And on the one hand, it shows the stakes of this thing and that this really is a channel to the Republican primary base at a time where Fox is under pressure to change while it's being exposed for being even worse than people thought. On the other hand, the question I'm about to take to my next guest is, how weak of a former presidential campaign are you, the former president running, when your top people are out here publicly begging for one interview on Fox News. Josh Marshall joins me, founder and editor of Talking Points Memo and a shrewd analyst. I, I put that question and all the above to you, sir. You know, you know the, the, the one thing that occurs to me is, you know, we're all familiar with the uh, HBO show Succession, which is a Ramona Clef about the Murdoch family and Fox News and so forth. And so many of the things that you've been talking about over the last few minutes, each each few of them is like an episode of succession. The, you know, the the Zoom call, uh, the banning back and forth. It's like these two old men. I mean, Rupert Murdoch is, I think, over 90. He's, 91. he's, he's quite old, but but 91, uh, you know, just just the 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 back and forth and and. You know, one thing that comes out is this is what happens when you're a corrupt news organization, mm. right? There, there are one of the benefits of being a, a, a real news organization is that you you keep basically on track by needing to cover the news, right? You're 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 not you're not in in fights with the uh, uh, presidential candidate who you run or runs you or something like that, or trying to get, you know, all, all this kind of stuff. Uh, there's, as you said earlier, there are lots of problems with, uh, you know, the big, uh, corporate news organizations, sure. but this, this is something that generally keeps them on track is that you, you, you always know that you are supposed to report at least what you think is the truth at the moment. Right. And that can change. You can be wrong. No one's perfect. Um, but that's that's the, uh, that's the big thing that that jumps out to me. One thing I want to mention, you know, this has been 
as you mentioned, Murdoch has been back and forth on Trump for a while. They started off at the very beginning, back in 2015, treating him as a joke. He kind of went to war with with Fox. Fox did with him. But as soon as Trump was the guy, they got on board. And I don't think there's any question that is what is going to happen again. And, you know, another another me, part of this you have build in, on your yeah, point and then you finish. That's why we're seeing this so early, because they know they either stop Trump in this primary early or a former president who's also Donald Trump becomes the nominee. And then they're stuck with him in the general and they're stuck with what everyone would gird to be a January 6th sequel with more training. And I'm not trying to be alarmist, but, but, but Rupert Murdoch is not dumb. And he understands exactly what they're up against. So uh, we're flushing out earlier a fight that might have normally come later. Um, so that builds on, I think, the point you were making. I'll let you let you continue. Well, and, and to that point, they know that if he's the guy, if he's the nominee, they will have to not only support him, but lie on his behalf. Right. This is, again, an issue you don't have to don't have to grapple with if you're not a a corrupt uh, news organization. But what I was going to mention before is, you know, at, at just after, um, uh, well, a while after January 6th, when Fox was sort of going back and forth, are we going to are we going to call Arizona for him? Are we going to support the big lie or not? For a while, he was sort of sh- shadow banning them. You know, and th- there's all these different, uh, you know, there's OANN, there, I, there's, there's a half a dozen of them now, Newsmax, there's all these other kind of Fox clones. And for a while, he was like, hey, I'm going to get behind one of these and I'm going to take you guys out because you haven't been sufficiently loyal. Uh, and, and so, so this, 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 this battle that is, that is, you know, based on the corruption of both of them, is it's it's really quite a, a melodrama. It really, it, you know, <laughs> it's it's better than succession in a way. And in uh, some ways, it's funnier if, if, if it weren't real. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, I'd say better and and so much worse. Uh, but I know exactly, what you mean. Exactly. Uh, thanks. Say- As the 2024 Republican primary chugs along, i.e. the Hunger Games, no one seems to be willing to properly take on the field's biggest challenge, Donald Trump. Nikki Haley didn't even mention him by name at CPAC, but she was still heckled by attendees chanting Trump after leaving the stage. Ron DeSantis didn't even go to CPAC, choosing to give a speech at the Ronald Reagan Presidential Library on the other side of the state, the other side of the country. And Trump is still dominating in the polls. A recent YouGov online poll has Trump at 45 percent, DeSantis at 29 percent. Haley is a distant third at 4 percent. Fernando Amandi is a veteran Democratic strategist and pollster based in Miami. Carlos Corbello is a former Republican congressman of Florida. They both join me now. Fernand, I will start with you. I am not a believer in Ron DeSantis. I don't think that he has much of a chance. I think that he is a media creation. I think that that basically Donald Trump is going to clown him to no end. And I think that what he has done in Florida is not going to be particularly uh, popular when he tries to sell it to the rest of the country. But what say you as a pollster to the fact that he's the only person in the Republican field right now that's within 20 points of Donald Trump and the unofficial straw poll at CPAC? Okay. Uh, well, I think, Jason, welcome. it speaks it's to the Tuesday, fact that... 7 March. 
in the year of our Lord, 2023. Um, we're going to get, I mean, my teams need to cut the part where he, uh, John, Johnson gets to cuts to the chase about the conundrum that all of the Keebler elves and Ron DeSantis are in, uh, which is quite a conundrum. Um, there you see the, um, the, the, the fight that matters right now. I'm going to give you signal, not noise, is to break the access of the uh, oligarch, Wall Street oligarchs, the Paul Singers, the um, uh, Steve Schwartzmans, the Ken Griffins, the Tudor Joneses, all these massive the guys that can write you a $50 million check or $100 million check, and it doesn't change their lifestyle. I'm talking about the biggest of the big, the murderer's row of the Wall Street oligarchs that are in business with uh, Mitch McConnell and the collaborationist Senate. And this is why, by the way, I tell you how much they're in business with. Their, their darling, their, their go-to girl is, Chris, uh, is cinema because she stopped – uh, the carried interest tax, which we have to have. And the carried interest tax is just smart because that's just an income. We need to get to the, for the oligarchs, the um, repatriation of the assets that the Federal Reserve has, uh, has basically given to them. We'll get to more of that later and, and deconstruct it. But that, that is, so you get the oligarchs, you've got the Mitch McConnell set of those collaboration of senators that gave Biden all the wins, plus that donors. And most importantly, the linchpin is Murdoch, who has essentially said, I mean, it's in the deposition. They said, we're going to turn Trump into a non-person. That's a quote. We are going to turn Trump into a non-person, okay? Uh, and we have to break that. And we know that the speech at CPAC, and by the way, thank President Trump, just put some very kind words about that. It's up on my getter on his Truth Social uh, about the speech, and I think a link to it. Um, Right there. And Jason Johnson, who's a very smart guy, he's a professor that sits in. He's a contributor to, uh, and by the way, hates War Room, hates me, hates all of it. Doesn't make, doesn't mean he doesn't, he's not quite perceptive. Uh, he lays out the case about the conundrum of the Keebler elves and DeSantis in this primary. Remember, the Iron Triangle of Murdoch and McConnell and Ken Griffin is that, um, they will use any weapon at hand, any instrument at hand before them, whether it's Glenn Youngkin or, or Ron DeSantis or Nikki Haley. They will use any of the weapons before them to uh, hopefully, they think, take a long shot and beat Trump in a primary. But if not doing that to damage him and then to support uh, a Newsom or a Biden or whoever in the general. Murdoch and Fox in <clears throat> 16, let me be blunt. They tried to kneecap Trump with Megyn Kelly at the first debate, okay? And Breitbart, we backed him off with the great Matt Boyle and uh, Tony Lee. We backed him off. They were never that far in our camp, trust me, it, even when the numbers closed. Murdoch was never. They were always jiggy about that. And after Billy Bush, they completely flipped. And the weekend before, they told us. They told me to my – you know, Ailes told me to my face. They had already done the polling. Murdoch made a decision. There was going to be Hillary Clinton. There's going to be foreign electoral votes. This is going to be a landslide. We were down by five or six. It was over, okay? And that's why Paul Ryan well, – that's one of the reasons Paul Ryan didn't come. He wasn't there on that Sunday beforehand. He called us up and he says, hey, you're going to lose Wisconsin. You're going to lose again. I can't be associated. I already lost with Romney. I can't be associated with another national campaign loser. And they backed out. They didn't, never had Trump's back, ever. Murdoch tweeted out in, uh, in, uh, in the summer of 15, I think it was July, mm-hmm. quote, uh, Trump, stop. You're embarrassing yourself and the country. Mur- Murdoch's always said, only after we won and he was rubbing up on Jared, uh, those two rubbed up on each other, 
that uh, there was any kind of rapprochement. And then as soon as, as soon as 3 November, they called it early, boom, they were out on Trump. You can read the depositions. They never once said, let's have an investigative reporter. Let's look at this math. Have we done our own analysis? Have we, drilled, have we drilled down and looked at this independently, brought in a new team to look at, like a team B to look at with new eyes? No, no, no effort whatsoever. And then they said, we're going to make, this is, we're going to make Trump a non-person. Well, guess what? We're making you a non-person. We're not going to have a bunch of foreigners, uh, a bunch of foreigners, uh, you know, intrude into America. You've also, you already done enough damage with Iraq and Afghanistan, your cheerleading for the Iraq war was was outrageous. You're you're selling the lie, and you talk about the election stealing. Uh, you know, oh, we can't push that. You know, we can't. Uh, you know, Trump's terrible. All these people are awful. We're not going to have them back on. Terrible. There's just terrible. Think about it. you never went and never did anything on the weapons of mass destruction lie that Cheney sold the nation. It was outrageous. They're neoliberal neocons. You have to understand. It. There's a construct of the way the world operates. It's capital markets. And it's national security. That's what's converging and conflating this crisis, this collapse. The, the Murdochs, have, they're, they're at the center of that. Their global media empire is at the center of that, of the neoliberal, neocon world order. And that is what is collapsing before you. You're the only ones that can keep it going because they need your taxes. They need your pension funds. They need the insurance companies that have your money. And uh, most importantly, they need your sons and daughters to go die on foreign battlefields, on wars that are forgotten afterwards and have no victory. That, that's the tragedy for, you know, when Mo was over in Iraq, you sit there every day, you have no control. It's all in God's hands. We're sitting there. What is this all for? What am I doing? Is this, is, this the, is this for the Iraqis to have democracy so that a couple of years later they can sit there and go, you know what? We're going we're gonna to sell the oil to the Chinese Communist Party. We're going we'll to have a huge output deal. And guess what? We're going to convert it. We're going to only take it in, in a Chinese yuan. You're not going to convert into dollars to break the petrodollar. That, that's the reality of the world. Now, we're going to take a break. We're going to get up. To, Greg Tucker did an ma- amazing job last night. Uh, Beatty's going to be here. But, you know, and hey, I got to tell it like it is. You know, Hannity last night gives another softball, hoochie-coochie, you know, T-ball interview to, uh, to Ron DeSantis and then plays Trump's, you know, radio interview after that as like a big deal trying to, trying to accommodate. That's not accommodating. This is not about Hannity or any individual uh, personality. This is about the Murdochs and their ownership, and this is about the Murdochs and what they, because they command it. They write the paychecks. They command what happens. This is about the Murdochs trying to make Trump a non-person and going to work for the Democrats after they don't take him out in the primary. This is the signal, not the noise. This is the thing that matters right now. Keep the main thing the main thing. Okay, short commercial break. From Revolver News, Darren B has been on this. Last night, J6, the lies and misrepresentations. Tucker Carlson later. Buy gold and get a free safe to store it in. That's right. On qualifying purchases from Birch Gold Group now through March 31st, they'll ship a free safe directly to your door. Just text Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898 to get your free info kit on gold and to claim eligibility for your free safe. Here's the deal. The Fed keeps raising rates because it's the only tool they have to keep inflation under control. And guess what? It's not working. You can't spend your way out of inflation. You've seen the impact on the stock market. You've seen the impact on your savings. Hedge inflation by owning gold. Let me repeat that. Hedge inflation by owning gold. Whether physical gold and silver in your own safe or through an IRA in precious metals, where you can hold real gold and silver in a tax-sheltered retirement account. 
Birch Gold has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and thousands of satisfied customers. Text Bannon to 989898 for your free info kit on gold and to claim eligibility for your free home safe by March 31st on qualifying purchases. Again, text Bannon to 989898. There seems to be a fundamental bind that Republicans running in 2024 are going to face. They have to say one way or another how they stand on the legitimacy of the 2020 election. If you come forward and say the 2020 election is legitimate and Joe Biden got elected, you automatically lose the MAGA crowd. If you come forward and say the 2020 election was not legitimate, then you're acknowledging that Donald Trump should have been president. So how do you justify running against the guy? How are Republicans, how is Nikki Haley, DeSantis or anybody else, how are they going to run and answer that question? Well, Jason, I think the issue is the uh, point you brought up at the beginning of the segment. Let me have it. Okay. Uh, That's Professor Jason Johnson. He's a contributor to MSNBC, very brilliant guy. I think he's a professor at Morgan State. Um, He just nailed the – he's just nailed in 60 seconds the conundrum of the Keebler Elves and Ron DeSantis in um, the Republican primary right there. I'm going to play that a gazillion times. Over the next couple of months, I want to bring in Darren Beatty. We got a lot to go through. We got some Tucker stuff. We got, but Darren, I want to ask you first um, be, about this Murdoch situation, right? Because this is we got to get this sorted right now. Because you have the Iron Triangle of the big oligarchs on Wall Street, the Mitch McConnell donor, you know, who are most of the oligarchs, but the, these uh, these um, collaborationist senators, plus the Murdoch apparatus with the Murdochs. And I'm not picking on any individual people at Fox. Because Murdoch runs this with an iron fist. Uh, Darren Beatty. Look, I think it's important to understand the significance of honest signals in politics. That means when it's down to the wire, when it really matters, who has who's back? And you brought it up. 2016, people forget so easily. 2016, Fox, along with the entire institutional apparatus of the GOP was vigorously opposed to Trump and did everything it could to stop him. It was only after, against all odds, against the coordinated opposition of every powerful institution in the country, if not the world, that Trump won, that all of these people who did everything they could to stop him ingratiated themselves and to some degree this worked and people forgot what their true colors really were when it mattered. And you're seeing this just come to the fore yet once again, people like Paul Ryan, people like Mitch McConnell, people like the Murdochs, the whole institutional apparatus at Fox, of course they're opposed to Trump. They've always been opposed to Trump. It's just now in their estimation, they don't have to kiss up to him. They would rather put him down for good politically, and they think they can do that by weaponizing people like, you know, potentially DeSantis against him and putting out a blackout on Trump's media appearance in Fox. And that's another big difference is Trump benefited tremendously, as you know, from earned media in 2016, there is a coordinated consensus across the board. They will not make that mistake again. The media will do everything it can to black out 
Trump, give him a blacklist yeah. from the media, which frankly is all the more reason that I think he needs to get back on Twitter. It's the one thing, you know, one of the few things he has going for him in terms of media distribution is he has his powerful Twitter account reinstated yes. and the rest of the media is blacking him out as much as they can on behalf yes. of these special interests. He needs to get the word yeah. out because when he does, the public's reminded why he's the only guy for the job. And he reminded that us of that very powerfully in his tremendous CPAC speech. I took an hour yesterday, and I would play part of my play my speech. But I also went through the just the policy points. I think I only got through six. I mean that that thing, and I tell the team over there, you got. I think we got to highlight those. There's ten major policy announcements of that speech that nobody else could do. Remember, it's not just Trump. It's this audience. It's Trumpism. It's populist nationalists. They want that to stop. These are neoliberal neocons. That is, they are the, they are the Washington generals to the Democrats, Harlem Globetrotters in this. This is why it's taken us 40 years to get here, because it's always about unity and compromise. And you can see that's yes. where the, Biden would have no accomplishments if it was not for the collaboration of the Senate. And now you get Mitch McConnell saying his number one priority is Ukraine and, and making sure that Biden gets all these spending deals done. And you're going to see this on the debt ceiling. Everything that the populist nationalist movement is adamantly opposed to, Therefore, and remember, conservative ink, you see him rolling in now on DeSantis and rubbing up on him. And look, Mark Halperin's got a piece up on Newsmax, uh, and we're going to hopefully maybe get Mark on here in the next couple of days. He's still a brilliant, uh, a very brilliant uh, political analyst. He deconstructs the, 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 he deconstructs the uh, Reagan Library speech, and I'll be brutally frank. It was a nothing burger. When Governor DeSantis is out there, and you're, you've got the Chinese dropping war, war, the sound of war toxins, you're in 1939, heading towards the um, heading towards the uh, Third World War. You want to be pr- president of the United States versus you're running against a guy who gave us four years of peace and prosperity, and you're at the Reagan Library. You got to stand and deliver. You got to talk about the collapse of the neoliberal neocon order. You got to. I know it's uncomfortable because you still are a neoliberal neocon, and I hate to be so brutally frank, but you can tell that on these wishy-washy answers on Ukraine. When you're sitting there, you can't play. You can't play small ball. You can't play – yeah, Gavin Newsom in, in Florida, in the, in the California model versus the Florida model, I got that. That's important. I, I can see that. But at the Reagan Library, historic place, and first off, it's just a, it, was a, it was a lackluster speech. Compare the policy prescriptions in that. And look, I get the woke stuff and all that. We're one of the biggest supporters of that. We have all the parents' rights movements on here. I understand it's important to go against the corporations, and I think Governor Santa has been a terrific governor. But you ain't run, running for governor of America. You're running to be commander in chief in a time of war. You got to step it up, and and you're a warrior. You you you've been in those places. Look, and I, I keep saying I don't want this inner squad. I don't want the Murdochs to have an inner squad conflict here. The damage. I think Ron DeSantis would be a great Secretary of Defense for President Trump, and I think that would position Ron DeSantis to be one of the leading candidates in 2028, which is the rightful time we need. We well, are in the just, early days yeah. of the kinetic part of the Third World War, and we, we don't have time for on-the-job training. And we can, how would you not – and this is what ticks me off so much about the Murdochs. Why would you not have a guy on here that you haven't had on live until we forced you at CPAC because you weren't going to do that? Why would you have – and Tanity Plain is – that's so cheeseball. You do an interview on the radio show and you play it up as some big exclusive on Fox. That's not good enough, okay? That's not good enough. Not good enough. Why would you not? Why would they not respect the audience to have a guy's opinion? Let's hear what he has to say. He gave us four years of peace and prosperity against these same barbarians 
why don't we? Wouldn't you like to hear what he would want to do with the Ayatollahs and the nuclear weapon? Wouldn't you want to hear what he'd do with Erdogan? Wouldn't you want to hear what he'd do with the KGB, the KGB CCP merger? The last twenty four hours, ladies and gentlemen, look at the look at the Drudge Mac Daddy. I've been posting them up on Getter. Drudge has got it. I mean, the CCP is throwing down hard. They're sending the war toxins. They say, hey, we see the containment strategy Trump set up. Uh, you guys keep on. You're going to have a problem. Okay, they're in your face. Darren Beatty. A couple, a couple points, Steve. Couple points. So. You mentioned this is about Trumpism. This is about the movement. It's not about Trump himself. I'll offer an addendum to that. I, I think fundamentally that's true, but there's a crucial addendum, and that is this, that the moniker of Trumpism after Trump, Trumpism without Trump, is the false song, to use a phrase, that the establishment is using to neutralize and destroy both Trumpism and Trump. The false song of Trumpism after Trump is what the establishment is using to destroy both Trumpism as Trump. Because right now, Trump is the leader of this movement. Trump is the once-in-a-generation charismatic okay, hold it, figure hold, hold, who hold, has hold, a hold, real... Hold, yes. Give, give me that again. Give me that again. Just go slowly for me. Because, hey, everybody knows Beatty's my guy. He's one of the most brilliant theoreticians we got in this entire movement. He was a genius in the White House. He's the most only guy that had enough balls of a tenured professor or a guy at a major, you know, Ivy League or Ivy League equivalent to, to, to uh, support Trump. And then he got, he, you know, they came after him because he's so smart. Hit the rewind button and give me that whole thing again, the addendum. Well, very simple. It's ultimately about the movement. It's ultimately about Trumpism. But this moniker that you hear of Trumpism without Trump, we want Trumpism, but not Trump. We want to move beyond Trump. That is the false song with which the establishment is trying to kill both Trumpism and Trump. The moniker of Trumpism without Trump is the establishment's way of destroying both Trump and Trumpism. And that's very important to understand. At the moment, you cannot separate the unique charismatic talent of Trump, a generational yes, yes, talent that you don't yes. see anywhere from the movement. It's not enough. Anybody can get in front of camera and read the script of talking points that are now revealed thanks to yes. Trump's success yes. to be successful yes. and resonant with the public. Anyone can read a script and not anyone can govern competently, but competent governance is still a very different thing and a very far cry from being a once in a generation charismatic political figure who started and still leads the most important political movement in our nation's history. And I think people need to understand that crucial distinction. That is why the establishment is doing everything it yes. can to promote, not, they're not never Trump anymore. They understand that's not going to work. It never worked. Now they are for Trumpism without Trump. Because they know that Trumpism without Trump right now means the end of both but, Trump yeah. and Trumpism. They, 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 yes, because their hearts, they don't, it's a brilliant point. They don't really mean anti-Trumpism. Okay, we're going to take a break. BD's going to be here and get into the Tucker revelations last night, which I thought Tucker did an extraordinary job, given the political sensitivity of it and the way you have to, 
you have to juggle a lot of balls. I thought he did a really excellent job in, in, in providing the visuals with commentary. Uh, and I know he did a good job because Morning Joe wasn't all over it. If they thought they saw an opening here, they'd be all over it. They didn't want to talk about it. It's like it didn't happen. Um, Beatty also says, reading a script. These guys got to throw away the scripts. Nikki Haley reading, Mike Pompeo reading, Ron DeSantis, throw it away. It's got to come from the heart. It's authenticity. Authenticity. Throw away the scripts. Okay, Beatty next from Revolver. In Joe Biden's America, criminals are exalted and the police are condemned. Sad to say, but you need to be prepared and properly trained to defend yourself and to defend your family. Thankfully, there's iTarget Pro. This revolutionary system allows you to dry fire practice with your actual firearm anytime in the safety and privacy of your own home. No more inconvenient trips to the range and with inflation causing the price of ammo to skyrocket, you save a ton of money. Just download iTarget's proprietary app, load the laser bullet into your firearm, and start your training experience. iTarget will help you develop muscle memory, sharpen target reaction speed, sight alignment, trigger function, and more. iTarget Pro comes in all the major calibers, so you can stay sharp with almost any firearm. Go to iTargetPro.com right now and save 10% plus. Get free shipping with the offer code Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N. All one word. This makes a great gift for Father's Day and is less expensive than a few hours at the range. That's the letter itargetpro.com. That's itargetpro.com. Offer code Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N. Takeaway from the corpus of footage that we spent three weeks looking at, it's that the January 6th committee lied. Its members are liars. And as the result of those lies... Core civil liberties in this country were eroded. People went to prison. They're in prison as of right now, unjustly. So those lies had consequences. So you have to ask yourself, whatever happened to the members of the January 6th committee? These liars who hurt people and the country. Well, let's see. Adam Schiff is running for Senate. Adam Kinzinger got a job at CNN. Liz Cheney somehow wound up a professor at the University of Virginia, the August University of Virginia. They're all still there. Benny Thompson, ooh, listen to his wisdom, but they're liars. And above all, this video proves it. Here's another installment. One of the enduring mysteries of January 6th is the role that intelligence and law enforcement agencies played in the events of that day. We know there was some number of undercover federal agents in the crowd at the Capitol. Officials have since admitted that under oath. But what exactly were they doing there? The January 6th committee worked hard to hide the answer to that question. We do know from contemporaneous videotape that a mysterious figure called Ray Epps encouraged the crowd to go into the Capitol. For some reason, Epps has never been indicted for that. But there's no question he did it. We need to go into the Capitol! Under public pressure, the January 6th committee finally interviewed Ray Epps. Epps told the committee that he never entered the Capitol and therefore never committed a crime. His text messages showed that at 2.12 p.m., he boasted to his nephew that he had, quote, orchestrated the protests at the Capitol. He admitted he helped get people there. Yet, curiously, congressional Democrats consider Ray Epps an ally, not an insurrectionist. Tonight, we can tell you that at the very least, Ray Epps lied in his sworn testimony to the January 6th committee. 
Epps testified that when he sent the text messages to his nephew, he had already left the Capitol grounds to return to his hotel room. That is not true. The surveillance footage we found shows that, in fact, Ray Epps remained at the Capitol for at least another half an hour. You're seeing that on your screen now. What was Epps doing there? We can't say. But we do know that he lied to investigators. The January 6th committee likely knew this, too. Democrats had access to the same tape, yet they defended Ray Epps. No honest investigation would do that. But the point of the January 6th committee was never to investigate anything. The point was to stage a made-for-TV show trial. From the opening moments, the tone of the hearings was almost comically overheated and polemical. There was not a tragedy in American history that Democrats didn't liken to the protests of January 6th. I'm from a part of the country where people justify the actions of slavery, the Ku Klux Klan, and lynching. How staged and fraudulent was the work of the January 6th committee? Democrats hired a Good Morning America producer called James Goldston to dramatize the footage they released. They even dubbed in audio to make the pictures more sensational, as in a docudrama. The networks carried it all live, as if it were real. Lied about the police officer they claimed to revere. If they were willing to do that, then their dishonesty knew no limits. And as you'll see in a moment, their dishonesty did know no limits. New surveillance video in just a minute, including new reporting on Ray Epps and what he was doing there and what he told investigators he was doing there and how it's contradicted by the video evidence. But first to assess what we just saw, Charlie Hurt of The Washington Times joins us now. Charlie, thanks so much for coming on. Great to see so you. if you think and, and you, you, you know, you've really got a feel uh, for Brian Sicknick, who's passed away, um, and you've got to wonder about anyone who would who who knew they knew that he was not murdered by the mob, but they've right. claimed it anyway for two years. And it takes a, a very low kind of person to do that, to lie about a man's death like that for political advantage. And this tape this tape proves that's exactly what they did. No, these people are truly sick. Uh, they're, they're uh, you know, you think you, you know, you think you know how sick they are, and then you see something like this, and you realize that there, uh, there is truly nothing, no body, uh, n- no event, nothing that they won't right. exploit. And as, as Joe Biden said, exactly. oh no, this is also about white supremacy, and and you know, nobody, uh, d- you know, nobody uh, comported themselves worse than the press did on this day, and of course, in That's the right. years afterwards. Um, and, and, okay, and I want to bring in. I want to bring in uh, Darren Beatty of the uh, of Revolver. Darren, you've been all over the whole thing, and you've been on Tucker many times. I know you've worked with this team, uh, and I think they did a great job of threading the needle because they couldn't use the facial recognition. Because, as he said, he's not an investigative um, like DOJ. He's not FBI. He's not J six. But I think what people are most shocked about is you. And it, it, we didn't even get to the sh- the Q Anon shaman which is probably the most egregious. Um, how did the committee have, I mean, this is clearly illegal what they've done. It's, it's outrageous. You got the Fed direction part with the Ray Epps. You got the lies on Sicknick, which you were the one that really went back a revolver and painstakingly told us that this was all a lie. You got the QAnon. I mean, it was so outrageous. It was so outrageous last night. Uh, tell me your thoughts. Well, yes, uh, so much to cover. I mean, the footage of Brian Sicknick walking around the Capitol just reminds us before Revolver News even changed the entire narrative on January 6th with our Fed's erection thesis and reporting, we debunked repeated 
and severe and malicious lies pertaining to the circumstances surrounding Officer Sicknick's death. As Tucker covered a bit in that segment, initially the story was he was bludgeoned to death with a fire uh, extinguisher. That was wrong. Then they switched to a narrative where he was killed with by bear spray. We actually did a heat map image analysis, comparative image analysis showed that. Hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. Dar- Darren, 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 please. They're not wrong. These were lies. They had this footage. That's my point. It's not, yeah. it's not people make mistakes in reporting all the time. This was done on purpose. They knew from the yeah. entire time they put that story out, and, and Tucker had everybody on there saying he's bludgeoned death. Then they went to bear spray. They knew it was a lie at the time, sir. You agree? Yes. Well, I mean, not everyone who repeated the lie, but the originators of this false narrative, I think, knew it was a lie. I think that's pretty clear because the evidence was so, so apparent. All you had to do is a little bit of digging to see that the he was not bludgeoned to death. He was not uh, you know, killed by bear spray and so forth. But this was these initial lies... Again, this was the prelude to the larger Fed surrection. These initial lies were used to amplify the severity. Our original and first piece on January 6th was actually about the lies surrounding Brian Sicknick's death. The title of the piece was very carefully chosen with a full understanding of its severity and connotations. We called it MAGA blood libel because that's exactly what it was because the death of Sicknick was used to call it a deadly insurrection to reinforce the false narrative that this was a deadly domestic terror attack that put January 6th in the same conversation absurdly as September 11th or you know whatever you know Kamala Harris said it was like, you know, Pearl Harbor, all these ridiculous things, but they needed the adjective deadly to even have a chance of selling that with a straight face. And they got that by lying about the circumstances surrounding Sicknick's death. The thing about Epps, you know, Tucker's absolutely right. The January 6th committee, they were completely disingenuous with respect to Epps, and nowhere does that come out more clearly than in the transcript of their interrogation of Epps himself. As I pointed out in uh, another appearance on this program, what's remarkable in this transcript is how some of the committee members, to their credit, are actually asking intelligent questions. Adam Kinsinger, however, he bends over backwards, which is weird because he's usually on all fours, but this time he's bending over backwards to offer the most implausibly charitable interpretation of inconsistency after inconsistency after lie on the part of Ray Epps. Ray Epps is so detached from reality. He has such contempt for the truth that he said initially, the reason I thought to go into the Capitol was I thought it would be legal. I thought it would just be open and we can go in. And they said, well, if you thought it would be legal, why did you preface your remarks by saying, I'm probably going to go to jail for this. I'm probably going to get arrested for this. He said, well, gee, I don't know. They said, why do you think everybody immediately accused you of being a Fed because of your outlandish suggestions to go in the Capitol? He said, I don't think that really happened. My son doesn't remember that happening. He even suggested that the footage, the now iconic footage of the crowd chanting Fed and pointing right at Ray Epps, he suggested that footage isn't real, that it was doctored, that it was somehow edited in after the fact. The 
transcript of this interrogation of Rayups by the committee is really something to behold. And there's one more thing to be said about the committee, in particular is Chairman Benny Thompson. It's often overlooked that Benny Thompson was not only the chair of the January 6th committee, he was the Department of Homeland Security's stooge within Congress. He was a seven-time chair of the Homeland Security Committee. Why would the Department of Homeland Security of all institutions, of all bureaucracies, have this active interest in massaging the narrative of January 6th? I think it's very interesting to consider in light of a couple of things. One, the DHS is the tip of the spear when it comes to the repurposing of the national security apparatus domestically in order to silence, suppress, and destroy Trump and his movement. And secondly, as we recently learned, the Department of Homeland Security is the only bureaucracy with an intelligence agency that has the imprimatur to operate domestically. You know, the CIA is an intelligence agency. Technically speaking, they're only allowed to operate overseas. Technically speaking, the FBI, while it does do some kind of work gathering information that you could call intelligence, is a law enforcement agency. And therefore, it's subject to the restrictions that are attendant to the law enforcement process. The DHS is the only organization that has this domestic intelligence agency, which is very interesting to consider in light of a statement made by Ray Epps's lawyer. Ray Epps's lawyer, who happens to be a nine-year veteran of the Phoenix FBI field office, by the way, Ray Epps's lawyer was doing this big tour that was picked up by the J6 committee and Adam Kinsinger and others. And lawyer was saying, Ray Epps has nothing to do with the FBI. And Ray Epps, for that matter, had nothing to do with any law enforcement agency. And you'll notice this lawyer was clinging on to the term law enforcement agency for dear life. Why would that be? Could it have something to do with the fact that the DHS is not a law enforcement agency. Military intelligence is not a law enforcement agency. And neither, for that matter, would any kind of private cutout organization contractor work that is doing the bidding of those agencies be a law enforcement agency. And this is particularly interesting to consider in light of Epps's lawyer's answer to another question. When asked, okay, you're saying he's not FBI, he's not law enforcement agency. Can you tell us if he's involved with any government agency, period? The lawyer's response was very telling. If you read between the lines, his response was, not to my knowledge. Now, clearly the lawyer and Epps had conversations about Ray Epps's past and his potential involvement with government agencies. How else would the lawyer be able to so emphatically and explicitly deny Epps's involvement with law enforcement agencies? So it's clear that if the lawyer were in a position to deny yeah. involvement with any agency, just as explicitly yeah. and just as emphatically, he would have leapt at the opportunity to do so. But instead, we have the absolute damning answer not to my knowledge. Give me a break. We all know it. Epps is the smoking gun of January 6th. Yeah. And we have more proof now than... D uh, Darren, Darren, hang on for a second. We're going to get back. We're going to deconstruct more of the Tucker revelations. Also, Jim Hoff is going to join us about the Eric system. Next. 
citizens, the headlines are getting worse and worse day after day. It seems like Armageddon could be just around the corner. That's why I highly recommend you stock up on emergency food right away. You already know you're going to need this food someday. Why not get it now before it's too late? Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and stock up on their popular three-month emergency food kit. When you do, you'll also get $200 worth of rugged survival gear as a free bonus. You'll need this gear when things fall apart. The grid goes down. and any other time, you need to fend for yourself by yourself. To see what you get, go to MyPatriotSupply.com. Your $200 of free bonus gear comes with each three-month emergency food kit you order and includes free shipping. That way, your whole family can be prepared. Don't delay. Act now. And sleep better knowing your family won't suffer when disaster strikes. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and enjoy free shipping. MyPatriotSupply.com. MyPatriotSupply.com. The new social media taking on big tech, protecting free speech, and canceling cancel culture. Join the marketplace of ideas. The platform for independent thought has arrived. Superior technology. No more selling your personal data. No more censorship. No more cancel culture. Enough. Getter has arrived. It's time to say what you want the way you want. Download now. By the way, get up on Getter. We're doing all the live streams. I'm going to do Royce White's show tonight. We'll be up on Getter on that. So make sure you download. Uh, you get all this great content, all our contributors, the Revolver guys, everybody. So it's totally free. I'm an idiot. I can use it. Uh, you're not an idiot. You'll be able to use it greatly. Uh, MyPillow.com, promo code WARROOM. Buy one, get one free. You need the sleep of the sleep of the just. You're not going to get a lot of time to sleep. In particular, when I tell you the stories are breaking this morning. You're not going to get a lot of time to sleep. So you need every minute of your sleep to count like 10. Okay? Orders of magnitude better. You get that on the products of MyPillow. This is what we use in the war room. Okay? MyPillow.com, promo code WARROOM. My Pillow 2.0, this thing will change your sleep habits. Everybody's raving about it. Buy one, get one free. But also when you go to MyPillow.com, promo code WARM, you go in the square, you get all the sales, all the discounts, everything. Go check it out today. There's so, okay, Pal's testifying live. We're cutting that. Uh, this is a, the bombshell is dropping all over over there about the debt ceiling and about the interest rates and how it's going to impact you. Like Cortez, that's why Cortez is not on early. He's going to come on later. We got that. We got uh, the, the, the Jim Hoft up. He's going to come on in a second. Big news on the election, on election fraud, clean up the elections. Um, Darren, if you can hang for a second, I do want to bring Mike Davis in. Mike Davis is, uh, we're doing the, we're doing the Tucker's off. Mike Davis, you should know, is not just doing his great job in the Supreme Court and all these big issues happening there. He's also all over the weaponization committee and, and these committees of, quite frankly, we're just not getting the traction. I think weaponization it's so bad that Axios has a huge story. In fact, if my team could go to uh, Getter, I put it up this morning. Axios had scoops all over about the, the just the, and Jim Jordan's a good man, but man, it's just not happening over there. Uh, and also, Mike, you're very close to what's happening on Jason. Give me your assessment first, Davis, on Tucker's revelations last night, uh, particularly QAnon, Shaman, uh, 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 Sitnik, Epps, all of it, sir. Yeah, so the the Justice Department has a obligation under the Constitution to provide to defendants exculpatory evidence, evidence that tends to show their innocence. And with these thousands and thousands of hours of capital surveillance videos, 
you have to ask, what did the Justice Department do to obtain these videos and how did they make these videos available to these January 6th defense attorneys, particularly uh, this Jacob Chinsley, uh, his, his counsel. Jacob Chinsley pled guilty in a plea agreement back in September of 2021. So the question you have to ask, if you watch this Tucker video, uh, these, these, these Tucker videos last night, this is clear exculpatory evidence that Jacob Chansley should not be in prison for 41 months. This is clear evidence that the, uh, the Capitol police escorted him around. You know, you have this mentally ill okay. man who went, went, went on the Senate okay, floor. But, but, you, but hang on, hang on, hang on. But you got, you got to help me. You got to help me out here. Everybody, Merrick Garland knew it. They, these guys know it. They all had access to the footage. The J6 are elected congressman, Nancy Pelosi, her daughter. They had this footage. It's not just it's not just the QAnon shaman itself, but how do you what kind of country is this Russia during the Moscow show trials? How could they possibly not just present at J6, but in a criminal proceeding? I mean, to me, people that did this should go to prison. How do they put an American citizen when you had this footage of the of the of the Capitol Police being an escort for the guy? It's like the Praetorian Guard. One time he's got nine guys there. They're they're taking him and trying to find the doors of the senator open. How it's not just that, but how did people in authority know this and then prosecute this man and put him in prison? Mike Davis. That is a very, very good question that I have been lighting up Twitter on uh, for for the last uh, day. And here's the issue. Remember, Attorney General Merrick Garland says back on January 4th, he puts out this statement two years into the January 6th investigations, how, quote, one of the largest, most complex, and most resource-intensive investigations in our history, right? Okay, so if that's the case, didn't the Biden Justice Department, including the FBI, review this Capitol surveillance video, these thousands and thousands and thousands of hours? Did they not review this? Now, I understand that they said to these defense attorneys, sure, you can go to the Capitol and look at these videos. Well, that's not good enough, right? There, There is a constitutional case called Brady, where the defense attorney, the, the prosecutors have to turn over to the defense attorney's exculpatory evidence, right? They didn't do that here. If you just say here, here's thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of hours of videos from many different videos across the Capitol, you know, go find the needle in the haystack to help your client. When you're a solo practitioner, a solo defense attorney trying to represent a client, that's not fair. That's not how it's supposed to work especially when you have hundreds of FBI agents and they had how many prosecutors working on this case in the Biden Justice Department. They should have they should have handed to Jacob Chansley's lawyers this specific video that was shown on Tucker Carlson last night, and they should not have prosecuted him for the charges that they prosecuted him for. He should not be in prison for 41 months. This, yes, people should, people should lose their wealth. There's no, there's no, there's no jury. There's no jury of his peers in this country that would find the guy guilty if they'd seen that. I don't even know how they bring the case. I think this is impeachable. This, the, the criminals here are, the Justice Department lawyers that did this and the J6 panel, Beatty, jump in here for a second. Mike, hang on with me to hold through the break. Beatty, your, your thoughts on this one in particular, how, how they prosecute a guy when the evidence of his innocence is right there. Yeah, I mean, it's it's very shameful. The whole the whole exercise. I mean, 
my understanding it varies between you know case to case as to the January 6 cases but in general there have been many cases where it doesn't seem like the government has been forthcoming at all with respect to potentially exculpatory evidence and what's even more unfortunate is it doesn't seem like all of the uh, defense lawyers the, the on the counsel side are being as aggressive as one might expect or hope to retrieve this type of exculpatory material, especially material that pertains to the uh, possibility of instigation, incitement, provocation, um, and entrapment. Uh, there's some kind of hesitation. Maybe there's a sense that it would unnecessarily or counterproductively aggravate the government. Okay. But I think there needs to be a more aggressive push for all of this evidence, all of this footage, and for it to be used as part of the defense. Okay, hang, hang on one second. 90-second break. Davis, Beatty, Hot. Next in the war room. War Room Posse, you already know free speech is under constant attack by the swamp and their big tech allies. They resell your communications and personal data while lecturing and laughing at you. I've got the solution. Unplugged Systems, a secure communications company, has an app suite you can install on any Android phone, including its own uncancelable app store, VPN, antivirus, and highly encrypted messenger better than Wicker, Signal, Telegram, or anything else. None of your message or VPN traffic is stored, analyzed, or sold. Claim your security for only $10 a month. Go to their website, unplugged.com. That's unplugged.com slash warroom to install the Unplugged Suite. It's secure. It's private. It's the way we stay connected and informed. Get it now. Take action, action, action. Use your agency. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67% and do it again. WARROOM HEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there, do it today, check it out. 